Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Padour. It is May 27th, 2022 at 9.37 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope that you and your family, your loved ones, your friends, and even your pets are all safe and well. I must warn you, this will be a different type of podcast. I will not attempt to pretend and create a facade of emotions nor intentions with this episode. Uh, to pretend that all is well and right with the world is simply not the case. While my own personal week was normal, to say the least, it does not compare to the emotions and strife that others have felt as a shockwave of grief, horror, and disgust reigns throughout the United States of America. Truth be told, I debated on whether or not to address this recent occurrence of massacre and bloodshed. I found that my hands were tied, and that the subject was unavoidable. I initially created this podcast because I wanted to utilize my voice in another capacity of expression, to practice my voice in another manner of speaking, to exercise the art of speech, and to instill a very free-flowing idea of journalism by reading articles verbatim and cite the sources of which they came from. To create a relaxed and open form of discussion of topics which are of my own interest, but also potentially others to want to listen and engage in. The FSOF podcast was reformed and reinstated for these purposes, and for these purposes only. For those of you who know me on a personal or even intimate level, I'd like to believe that I am a man who is known for his idealisms of being open-minded and equal to being someone who is reasonable and just and, while being logical, also understands when emotion and common sense should play a place within our own personal lives and in the world in general. I am a human with my own faults, and some of those faults involve an inability in which to express my emotional self. Due to one reason or another, created by past trauma, drama, otherwise, I have walls built up around my inner self, which makes it difficult for me to express such emotions, and to not allow those emotions to cloud my sense of judgment towards real-world applications and understanding. From this more logical standpoint, that I try to maintain and hold towards myself and the world as a standard, I try to grasp and understand this existence which we all live simultaneously. During these recent events, such calamities of pain and heartache, and in the face of grief and tears, I 
myself, I find it difficult to not sulk with my fellow Americans and to those who are facing these tribulations full force. While I hold my own personal self to these types of goals, this podcast, the FSOF podcast, is also a way for me to relax after a week has passed. I mean, we all have good days and bad days. Sometimes we have good weeks and bad weeks in a single bound. And for many others, there may be a month or several of either experiencing good or bad happenings in succession. Much like my video game live streams, I try to be as relaxed and open as possible to create a small space amongst the infinite reach of the internet to have those who find my content and material a place to relax and to be themselves, to have their boss chew them out over nothing of which of which was of actual significance or after losing a job or even after having a relationship end to come and find solace in a small community of created media to be able to think to themselves today this week this month it wasn't great by any means but I can at least relax here and try to get out of my head from these pressing troubles. I do what I can to create that space for myself and more importantly for you, my dear listeners. To turn on the news, to open social media, to live our everyday lives. We are always experiencing the realities of the world. And the reality of our world is that there is ugliness around every corner. We cannot go a day without hearing a story of murder, a ploy of selfishness resulting in the anguish of another, a tragedy which had no true reason or purpose other than to cause pain against one person. But then that pain extends itself to a family, a community, a nation. As I said previously, I cannot avoid this topic. So I must talk to you about the shooting at... Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. I must make this known before I advance any further into this topic. I am not a trained or licensed journalist. I am not an expert on the Constitution. I am not a politician. I'm a man who has a master's degree in music performance with the French horn. I'm a man who has a job advising and selling insurance in the state of Indiana. I'm a man who is ambitious of being a voice actor and narrator 
I am someone who is like anyone else in this world, trying to find my place to pursue happiness and make sense of the extremely small blip of existence which has been granted to me. I am not an expert on gun laws, on taxes, on on how to protect children, citizens, schools, or anyone, for that matter. I had a FOID card when I lived in Illinois, and I went to a shooting range a couple of times, a little less than a decade ago. I am not qualified in any way, shape, or form to advise you, myself, or even an entire nation as to what and how to go about the continuous pattern of killing sprees and death which the United States has seen for far too long. I am only an expert at my own life, my own experiences, and my own thoughts. That is solely what I speak to you on when it comes to the event of May 24th, 2022 in Uvalde, Texas. So, with that said, normally I commemorate the podcast to, you know, another week come and gone, another episode here and uh, for your enjoyment, for my ramblings, for just creating that space of like, just let's ramble together. Let's complain and just try and just find a couple of instances within our life, within our week, to be able to just relax. And while normally that's what this shot commemorates for this podcast, for episode 34 of the FSOF podcast, that's that's sadly not the case. I hope that if you are legally able to, to drink, that you join me whether it be a sip, a shot, a a little bit of a healthy drink, please join me and raise a glass to the ones who were lost on the 24th, to their families and to the hope that change happens soon. Because this, this can't go on. So, here is to the community and to the families and loved ones of Uvalde, Texas. Cheers. With that said as well, I would also like to take this time to have a moment of silence, specifically 22 seconds.
of silence. Nineteen seconds to each child that was lost. Two seconds to the children that were lost. Actually, twenty-three seconds. Nineteen to the children, two to the teachers, one to the grandmother, and one to the husband who passed of a heart attack, which many claim to be a broken heart. So please join me in a moment of silence to those people. Like I said before, I wasn't sure really what to do with this podcast. And then this happened and <clears throat> there was, I had to talk about it because I talked about the previous massacre. And something that I realized which bothers me more about this school shooting than the previous one are the details which came from this one than the previous one. This one's hitting me a little bit more deeper, more close to home, and I don't even know why, considering how they're hundreds of miles away from me. Maybe that's just a part of age, um, just becoming empathetic. Because I still... The problem that I'm facing when it comes to this is not only just how horrible and sad it is, but also just, I, I truly don't know how to process it because like many people, we wear multiple hats. Um, while I am not married and while I have no children of my own, I am still a son. I am still a brother. I am a, um, a nephew. I'm an uncle. Those titles by themselves, those hats, I look at them in every different way. As a son, I think how my parents would feel if they were to lose me in a manner such as this. As a brother, I think of how my siblings might react to this. As a nephew, I think how my uncle and my aunt would think of this. I guess I'm a cousin too, technically. So yeah, I think about my cousins as well. And then of course I think about my nephews. And they are twofold. Because not only how would my three nephews react to their uncle being stolen from them through murder, 
but I also think about how I would react if I knew that one of my nephews were taken in such a manner. And if that were the case, I think about how my brother, how my sister, my brother-in-law, my parents, how they would react if one of their sons or nephews or grandchild was stolen in such a horrific and senseless way. What's really sad is that while that is entirely fictional, it just, I can already hear the screams and the cries and the amount of Kleenex boxes which would be emptied very quickly. And while I know none of these people, and while there is absolutely no way for me to be able to relate to the pain that they're feeling. It hits deeper just because of the details which come out. Details, for example, which I will just briefly say because I'm sure you all are on top of this topic as well as I am because this story, this happening is inundated with coverage, not only about the families, the aftermath, the children and the individual's loss, but also just the details of what happened inside, what happened with the police, what's going to happen politically, what's going to happen uh, potentially constitutionally. What policies, what changes, if any at all, will or may not occur? There is so much to cover in instances such as this. But the problem is that if this was something that happened, you know, once every few years, it would be horrible. It would be... It would be thrown up to the magnitude that this is right now, even if it was just five people who were murdered. But the United States is facing a very unique problem. Unique in well, whatever the biggest rendition of the word unfortunate is is that we are seeing these things so frequently, hearing about them, reading about them so frequently that as a nation, <clears throat> as a nation, we are just, we're becoming numb to it. It almost seems as if there was a point in my time where it felt odd if I didn't hear about some sort of shooting at a grocery store, at a mall, at a school. And that's not right. The United States is becoming numb to these stories. If school shootings are a norm, that sentence by itself is a huge problem. <laughs> no one, 
should be used to massacres, school shootings, bombings. That's what it's becoming to. Within supposedly the most free and morally sound and powerful country within the world, we are becoming numb to these stories of innocent lives being lost, of children being murdered, of parents attending their own child's funeral. Like I said, the details coming about this is what makes it more of a tragedy. One of those instances is that it has been revealed that the shooter was in the school for about an hour, if not a little over an hour, and he just waltz right on in. I believe he was carrying a pistol and two assault rifles that he purchased shortly after his 18th birthday and just a couple of days outside of each purchase. In addition to that, I believe I heard a story on a radio, local radio station here where I live that he also purchased 240 rounds for those assault rifles, which is about the bare minimum of a soldier in boot camp. So his intentions were very clear. So not only was he in there for an hour doing whatever it was that he wanted to, but the police also waited 48 minutes or so before entering the elementary school. While they were waiting, there were bystanders, there were family members outside the elementary school pleading to the police to get in there, do your job, intervene. And Excuse after excuse was being made. Now, I'm not just saying this out my ass. I have articles in front of me, which, like I said, I will reference as I am now. But, as always, what I reference will be in the description below. Police waiting 48 minutes before pursuing the shooter is an article which I have here by the Associated Press, published on NowThisNews.com. In addition to that, um, while the cops were just hanging out, I guess is how you would potentially call that, there was a story that I know that kind of shook my roommate. And it shakes me as well. Is that, um, I guess a cop yelled, um, or a cop said while they were in the hallway or something, you know, yell if you need help. And someone in a class said, help. And the shooter overheard them, went into that classroom and shot her. And she was another 
body added to the count. That detail by itself is horrible, by any and all means. That one, unfortunately, I do not appreciate the name of the source, but I have to say it as is my due diligence. That story came from 11alive.com. The article is entitled, quote, I was hiding hard, unquote. Fourth grader who survived Uvalde's school shooting gives heartbreaking account of gunmen's classroom assault. Again, if you want to read these yourself, they will be available to you after the podcast. There's an account, there's a story that I read, which really probably put me in this funk altogether. Like, yes, the shooting by itself, the aftermath, the before math, the during math, all of it's horrible, but something about this story just, uh, it, I'll just say it, and then I'll give why it irks me in such a way. There is an 11-year-old, a fourth grader, who survived her, um, this assault. Um, <clears throat> basically, um, this 11-year-old survived all this because... She, um, <sighs> give me a second. <clears throat> Her name is Mia, and the only reason why she survived is because she was in a classroom, um, and she decided to lie down next to a few of her killed classmates and she put her hand in the blood of her classmates and then she just smeared the blood all over her body, her face, her clothes and she played dead. And the reason why that bothers me one, because no 11-year-old should have to do that. But because when I shared that with my roommate, Shelbeast, um, after we just calmed down, took a moment, and let that settle in, she asked me, you know, what would you do? Would you think of doing that? Would you be able to do that? And I'm 30, so for me to think back 19 years ago, more than half my life, I have no idea. I, I don't know what I would do. A part of me wonders if she came up with that idea because of, I don't know, maybe she was... um. Maybe she was a fan of The Walking Dead. Uh, maybe she watched, you know, 
the first season where they gutted open a walker and put their entrails all over themselves just to smell like other walkers in order to be able to walk amongst them. I have no idea what made her think of that. The only thing that I can think of is that. One, so sorry you had to go through that. Two, good thinking. And three, I cannot imagine what that is going to do to her for the rest of her life, for all these people. It's just... Like, I'm in therapy myself, but I'm in therapy because of me being a immature and selfish individual in my past and regretting the decisions, but I just kept everything inside, and now I'm facing my regrets. And I've been in therapy for over a year now. That, what I'm doing right now, compares in no way as to this. I will get over what I have done. I won't need a therapist for the rest of my life. It is very possible that she will. The surviving children will. Her family members will. So that one... That one really got to me. I just feel bad for that girl. She does have a GoFundMe page if you wish to help her with that. This article concerning her story and her survival is on CNN.com. And it is um, entitled, She Smeared Blood on Herself and Played Dead. 11-year-old reveals chilling details of the massacre. So if you want to look that up now yourself, or again, it'll be in the description, please do. It's a unfortunate read. And then the last thing that I wish to touch upon before we move on to something else, anything else, is um, <clears throat> not only does it affect... You know, the people who are directly involved, these children, the family members of these children, but we think of the effect that it will have on the children by themselves. And while we say, you know, thoughts and prayers to the families, do we actually consider the families? Before the moment of silence, I changed my number from 22 to 23 because of that dad uh, who died of a heart attack. That was the husband of one of the teachers who died two days after the fact. Yesterday, he, he died of a heart attack. From <clears throat> what I can recollect from radio and from reading these articles he um he and his wife are parents of four and when he went to the memorial that was there um he attended and 
he just, I don't know, he saw the tribute, the cross with his wife's name on it, and he just couldn't take it. One, is it not, again, right that that happened to him? But at the same time, him passing away from the death of his wife, that's, that's not a heart attack. That is heartbreak. He could not live without his wife. That, that to me, as the most extreme and unfortunate example of love that it is, that is, in fact, true and pure love. The only thing that I can think of is that he knew the woman that he married of being such an amazing and selfless woman because when they found her body, she was actually cradled and shielding and cuddled against another student. Unfortunately, both of them did not survive but she did everything in her power to protect her students. She treated her students as if they were one of her own four kids. That is the type of woman that he married, and he knew that. That's why I don't think he could live without her. But now, unfortunately, that means in Less than a week, four kids are now orphans. In three days, both of their parents are gone. All of them underage. I don't think a single one of them is, is 18. So, I don't know what they're going to do. I can only hope that support from the community and their families are able to to just come in and just not only tend to the children somehow to the best of their ability, but then there's just a whole lot of legalities as far as like, you know, funeral arrangements and bills. Where are they going to live? What's going to happen to the house? just a mountain of thoughts that that I'm sure they don't even know where to begin or how to. Like, it's bad enough to lose one parent. Now you lost both of them. All of your guidance, all your... All the people who are supposed to bring you into adulthood and understand these types of things and the processes of them. It's just gone. It's just gone. Here's the thing. I don't want to do another podcast like this. Unfortunately... I have to prepare myself in case I do need to. 
And while this podcast is, in one way or another, having the capabilities in which to do so, I do not want to. I don't want to talk about children dying. I don't want to talk about newly instated orphans. I don't want to talk about how hopeless and how reoccurring all of this seems. But all of us have to try and find some sort of good out of this as difficult as that is. And I know what you may be thinking, because I'm thinking it right now, is, Frank, how do you find good in, you know, in 23 people being dead in less than a week of their lives robbed from them? How do you find good in a 11-year-old a smearing a classmate's blood all over herself to survive? How do you find good in our civil servants who are sworn to protect us failing in their duties? My answer to you is, I don't know, but we have to try. And we have to try through... Acknowledging the horrific nature that all of this is. And supporting strangers to support each other. It is one thing to congratulate someone on a success or more job ambitions or what have you, but... It is times like these, these tragedies, where I see and I feel that mankind steps up, where kindness <clears throat> is shown, and where, although strangers, we do provide, people provide for people. It is the communities, it is the connection that we now have through technology to share these stories to open up about these tragedies that is when the good of humanity shines through that is where faith in humanity is restored is through the reaction of unfortunate events While it is extremely unfortunate about that 11-year-old, about the, about the four orphans, while I think of the pain and the confusion and the lifetime of questions that they will always, always have in themselves, 
a part of me. Not a, the biggest, but a part of me. I feel a little bit relieved knowing that not only will people that they know do their best to support and step up for them, to do what is right for them, and to just try and be there, even if they will never be able to relate to what they're thinking or feeling. But I know that through technology, their story and their pain is known. And that I know that these GoFundMe pages, these <clears throat> platforms of support, and I mean actual support, not just prayers and thoughts or kind words, but actual action of money donated, of resources being spent for their mental and physical and financial well-being. I know in one way, shape, or form that is happening. And that's the only good thing that I can take out of this. I haven't even talked about the political aspect because I'm not going to. Because I don't really, personally, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in our government. Locally or nationally. There's not a whole lot of faith within myself as far as change may go. As far as I can tell, when it comes to all of these shootings, it is not government which helps us. It is ourselves, our people, the people. People help people. Government does not. And that is the unfortunate thing. So I have faith and I have trust and I take the good out of this of that people will help these people in need. And that's unfortunately the only comfort which I may be able to provide to you. If you can do so, within these articles, there are links to these individuals' GoFundMe pages. If you are able to spare anything, even a simple dollar, please do. Every cent helps. And I don't want to talk like, my job is always involved, but, you know, I don't know what these people's insurance look like. I don't know if they had um, policies on their children or life insurance on themselves or their children, but that does help buffer these type of expenses. And if you're old enough, like myself, maybe think about Maybe think about a will, because that will help um, solidify details in case of horrible events such as this. You know, you keep saying, you know, it's not going to happen to me, it's not going to happen to me, but these people, these parents thought the exact same thing, and it happened. 
So if you're able to support them, please do. If you're able to support yourself, please do. Think about a life insurance policy. Think about uh, better coverage. And think about that will. Just, we cannot predict anything. And like I said, existence is just a blip for us. A 15-minute to an hour phone call conversation to provide a little more assurance for your assets and yourself is worth the time and the money. So, before I put a close to this, just because it, like, how do you, how do you end something like this? How do you end a topic and a subject like this? Just one last salute. So, if you want to provide your own thoughts to me concerning this or just want to vent your own grief or your own findings concerning this, you can email the podcast. It is fsofpodcast at gmail.com. You can talk about this. You can send me topics to discuss, articles of interest. Just say hello. You can do it all at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to your inquiries. So... One last time, here is to those people, that community, and to the hope that all of them will somehow be able to overcome this and to move on with their lives. So, cheers again. So moving off of that topic, because there is no way, shape, or form that there's ever going to be a a smooth transition for that, if you are curious as to what I've been taking a drink to, because I normally say that in my podcasts, um, for this instance, for this occasion, I felt that it would be a little bit wrong to drink something cheap, the gin that I normally do, or while I do drink, you know, Christian Brothers brandy, which is cheap, it is still good. What I was drinking, um, this podcast is Templeton Rye Whiskey, six years aged. And this is probably my if it's not within my top three all-time favorite drinks, it is at least least my top three, if not my favorite. Like, Templeton Rye Whiskey is delicious. And that's just my own personal preference. So, Templeton, if you want to sponsor me and for me to just (laughs) advertise your, your rye whiskey every podcast, I'm right here. I'm ready. I'm able. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So I will say um, just a very, very, very brief 
week update. Yes, it was a normal week for me for the most part. Work was work and getting up was getting up. The restless leg syndrome, the periodic limb movement disorder is not the best. It's probably developing, unfortunately, a little bit. But I need help, actually, dear listeners. Uh, and I hope that you can advise me. And again, if you have anything, email me, fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Shelbys and I have a garden. Huzzah. Uh, we have uh, some plants planted in the ground. I have an herb garden going. We have some uh, citronella plants happening in order to mitigate the amount of mosquitoes. We have some sort of weird lunch berry thing that we got randomly. But... We have chipmunks, and the chipmunks are wreaking havoc on our plants. They're digging them up, they're digging in our pots, they're nibbling at their leaves, and I thought, and through advice, through uh, Dad Beast, Shelby's father, he sent us a picture of like these poisonous pellets in which to tend to said chipmunks, and we got a kind of a rendition of it and I placed and scurry them about different areas outside and where I know they normally hang out well I saw a couple of those piles vanish I'm like oh good they went for the bait awesome no not the case they are still around I don't know what happened to those pellets and I feel sorry for whoever ate them but um yeah, we need, we need advice. We need help as to how to get rid of these chipmunks. And we're okay with them permanently being gone. So, uh, yeah. Drop us some advice about that. Because the leaves of our, of our uh, banana pepper plant and our uh, Roma tomato and our jalapeno plants, they're kind of being chewed on. And we don't like that. Not at all. We want our plants to be able to produce, and we can't have that when they're being nibbled at. So, please provide any and all type of uh, advice that you may have concerning that. It would be greatly appreciated. So, here's an odd transition. Chipmunks, growing up when I was a child, we used to call them chippers. It was the chipper family that came about every single year. It was chipper. And speaking of childhood, how about that Winnie the Pooh? What an odd transition, you say. Yeah, I agree. You know what else is odd about Winnie the Pooh, if you haven't heard of it already? Guess what? An indie producer is turning Winnie the Pooh into a horror film. Yep, you heard me right. It is called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. IGN has an article about it, written by Ryan Leston. It was posted yesterday at 7.32 a.m., whatever that is called. He writes, a new horror film, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, reimagines the beloved children's book character as a serial killer. Not exactly a cozy bedtime story. The indie horror title is currently in production by director Rise Frake Waterfield. Quite a stag, uh, 
staggering directional debut, if you ask me. The cast includes Craig David Dowsett as Winnie, with Chris Cordell as Piglet. Other characters include Caged Man and Mauled Woman, just to give you an idea of where they're going with this. Yeah, and I'm looking at a picture right now, uh, and it's, you see Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, which is just clearly dudes in masks, <laughs> slowly and sneakily approaching a who I presume is mauled woman in a hot tub, relaxing in a swimsuit with, well, it looks like Zinfandel wine next to her. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, yep, yep. Oh, they drive cars too. Wow, that's amazing. So I imagine, like, Winnie the Pooh, yeah, it's, I think it's just, I, I don't know what I think. Um, I, I don't know, but hey, there's, there's something, maybe, maybe it's not as bad as we're all thinking. Maybe it's going to be one of those indie films where it's so bad, it's good. Or maybe it becomes one of those like cult classics. Maybe it's like, it's so absurd that. People are like, yeah, it's bad, but I really like it. You know? It's like The Room. Everyone knows about The Room. Everyone knows it's a bad film, but everyone always says, you got to watch the film. You got to watch The Room. It's like Face Off. It's so bad that you're like, you have to watch how bad this is. So, I think... Uh, I think whenever Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey comes out, I don't know if my roommate would want to watch it with me. I might watch it myself just to see if it's going to be a cult classic or if it's just getting shock because it's Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's, uh, I think that it's going to be fun. Uh, so with that said, it's, um, so it's coming up an hour now and, uh, I think it's, uh, probably time to close out the podcast. I at least wanted to get a little bit away from, from the topic of Uvalde. And I think I've accomplished that. So. With that said, um, yeah, with that said, just used to just better, more hopeful times. So thank you, uh, for listening. Remember to email the podcast at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. The uh, the podcast is found on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, please, you know, share with some friends. Be like, hey, this guy rambles and he has a decent voice you can fall asleep to. That's good enough for me. So, thank you again. Um, please, 
take care of yourselves. Say hold to your family members. Keep in contact with them. And just uh, remember to keep practicing a life of, well, just keep practicing safety. Okay? Thank you for listening. Good night and uh, until next week, which will be, oh, what will it be? It will be June 3rd is when the podcast will come out next. I don't know what I'll be talking about. Actually, no, I know exactly what I'll be talking about next week. Please do not miss out on next week's podcast. I will actually be having a couple of guests. Yes, indeed. Stick around for that. It will be worth the while. So, thank you again. Until next week, take care of yourselves and au revoir.